Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hey, I'm John Facile, and our question this week has a far-flung origin. Max Melgarejo lives in Chicago, but he has family in Lima, Peru. So he visits from time to time. When he's there, he likes to stroll through Lima's squares and open-air markets, sometimes munching on picarones, these delicious Peruvian donuts. And he always notices this thing about the streets. In Lima, the streets are all made out of cement. That's gray cement concrete, not blacktop asphalt, which is what the streets in Chicago and most other U.S. cities are paved with. This gets Max thinking about potholes, which is something only a Chicagoan would find themselves thinking about while visiting South America. He notices fewer potholes on the main boulevards of Lima than he does back home. Eight or nine times a day I hit a pothole. You kind of get that da-dunk, da-dunk. The first tire goes in, and then you kind of bounce or jolt, and then your rear tire goes in. So he asked us, Is asphalt the best choice for Chicago's streets? This is a question I've had myself. I'll be driving on the all-concrete Dan Ryan, and it's smooth sailing until I get off at literally any exit. And then... Pothole City. You know that old adage that Chicago has two seasons, winter and construction? Well, despite all the road work, the city has paid out nearly $3 million over the past 10 years to drivers whose cars have been damaged by the poor condition of our roads. So why spend all that money constantly repairing them? Why not build roads that are meant to last by using highway-strength concrete instead of crumbly asphalt? I visited the company that has the largest asphalt supply contract with the city of Chicago, Ogden Avenue Materials, located along the north branch of the Chicago River. There, I met engineer and fourth-generation owner and began Wilson. She gave me a tour of her plant. So we'll start here in the back. You can see piles of the raw material that make up asphalt. There's gravel, sand and chunks of recycled asphalt shingles and road surface. It all gets fed onto conveyor belts and combined with hot petroleum tar. That tar is called asphalt binder. That mixes with all of the virgin rock and the recycled material into our finished product. The finished asphalt is stored in these 60-foot-high green silos that have chutes at the bottom. Trucks drive under them, the chutes open, and hot asphalt pours out. Asphalt comes out at 300 degrees, so it's hot. The drivers have to stay in the trucks with windows closed so that nobody gets hurt. So in other words, this would be a great way for somebody to die in a horror movie. (laughs) Of course, asphalt has a well-known rivalry with a certain other paving material... The competition between concrete and asphalt people is 
legendary, I guess. If you were to go back in history and look at the Roman roads, there was probably some guy peddling asphalt and some guy peddling whatever version of cement and concrete. This is Randy Riley, and he is definitely a concrete guy. They didn't build Soldier Field out of asphalt. Randy heads up the Illinois chapter of the American Concrete Association. He says that while concrete costs a lot more up front, it's ultimately the more economical choice because it requires less maintenance than asphalt. We tend to build asphalt pavements, and they have a 15-year service life. Concrete has a you know, 25, 30, 40-year service life before you do something to it. Randy tells me that there are concrete roads in southern Illinois that have been in place for over 100 years. You can go up in the Chicago area and you can actually find up in Glenview, there are some streets that are probably 80 to 90 years old in concrete. A suburban street in Glenview isn't going to handle nearly as much traffic as a high-volume urban street, like Ashland Avenue. So I went to Chicago's Department of Transportation to ask why they choose asphalt, the cheap, fast option, over slow, durable, reliable concrete. John Sadler, the department's assistant chief highway engineer, says a fully concrete road is impractical. That's because there's a complicated spider web of utilities beneath our urban street network. We have everything from telecommunication lines to sewer, water, gas, ComEd. All told, I think there's upwards of 30 agencies which have utilities underneath our roadways. Those utilities frequently need repair. Asphalt is easier to peel up and then replace with a patch that will match the rest of the street level, keeping the surface relatively smooth. But that doesn't mean the city doesn't use concrete. In fact, most high-volume streets, like Ashland Avenue, use what's called a composite pavement, which combines both concrete and asphalt. It's a three-layer cake of pavement with asphalt on the top, concrete in the middle, and aggregate underneath. By aggregate, he means stone, but there could also be wood or bricks or really whatever else is under there. Composite roads benefit from the strength and solidity of concrete, and the asphalt on top acts as a wearing layer, protecting the concrete structure and extending the life of the road. It really allows us to use the best material properties of both concrete and asphalt. So this legendary competition between the materials is pretty silly. Chicago's major roads use them both. And what about those potholes? Well, they occur when water gets into cracks, freezes and expands, and then thaws, causing crumbling. They're driven by freeze-thaw cycles, which are drastic swings in temperature common in a landlocked northern city like Chicago and less common in a temperate coastal city like Lima, Peru. Potholes develop in both concrete and asphalt, but in Chicago, they're mostly confined to that top layer of asphalt, which is easy to patch. A few weeks ago, a road crew resurfaced the intersection of Harrison and Ashland Avenue. It was drizzling slightly, and the raindrops made the hot asphalt hiss. The workers knocked out the whole intersection in one morning. Fast, right? Well, in the last five years, the city has repaved almost half of its 4,000 miles of roads. So, asphalt haters, put that on your street and pave it. Reporting for this story came from me, John Facile. I'd like to thank William Vavrick and Kevin Burke for their help. Support for Curious City comes from the Conant Family Foundation. 
Next time on Curious City, ever get the feeling Chicago aldermen always vote with the mayor? This alderman says he doesn't support the mayor 100% of the time. Maybe 90, 99%. But he says he does stand up to the mayor just behind the scenes before the vote, like when the mayor wanted to merge two schools. And I said, what schools are you talking about? He said, Jenner and Maneer. I said, hell no. So, are aldermen's votes rubber stamps? That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.